Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It is me, your boy, Big Tasty, as always, joined by Jay. How's it going, Jay? I'm okay, just recovering from the dust settling from extreme fields this weekend. We that was, a, that was a big a day, that one. It was a big day. It was a big day. Yeah. yeah, that hurt. I'm, I'm not built for standing up for like seven hours anymore, like without moving around. Yeah, well, we were moving around. That was the thing. <laughs> Up and down a lot of stairs, doing a lot of interviews, which uh, yeah, you'll be, you be seeing coming around anytime now. We were saying, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. And then by the end of the way, maybe not. <laughs> There was a point where I like, crouched down to take a picture with like the Dammit Vince guys and I just could not get back up. My knees had just fully failed me. <laughs> because I am old and have been brewing beer for six years now and that, that ruins your knees apparently. Um, yeah, my uh, my legs are killing me. <laughs> anyway, there's plenty of wrestling to talk about this week and we're going to talk about all of it as per usual. Um, as is always, we're going to start on WWE with some news and some recaps. We'll start with the news. And... This feels like a bit bizarre world here, doesn't it? Because Shinsuke Nakamura is going to wrestle the Great Muta in Noah on New Year's Day 2023 in Budokan Hall. And that seems like something that should never happen. But also should always happen. Yeah, but I mean, it feels like it feels very natural that match should happen. But like the fact that WWE would allow him to do that seems like bizarre and, and ludicrous, but also incredible. They've got a bit of a history with. Um with Noah anyway. Um they've obviously they wanted to buy it and turn it into NXT Japan, which don't worry about it. Um <laughs> I remember that. But also like another side of the coin is that um they allowed Akira Tozawa and I think it was Kenta go and like do like appearances there while they were under contract as well. Oh uh, right okay because Kenta came uh, from Noah didn't he? Kenza came from nowhere. He's popping back up every now and again. Yeah, or every nowhere and again. You know, and nowhere, um, and nowhere in New Japan. Are they like all right now? I know there was like a bit of. They did. They did the Rest Kingdom show, didn't they? Um, yeah, yeah. This it was this year's. They did like the collaborative show. Um, yeah, it seems to be. I mean, so what you're saying is basically nowhere is like Switzerland because like WWE have got people going there, like Sting's going there as well to wrestle. Um. They've got guys from GCW. They've got guys from New, that show with New Japan. So they're the real Forbidden Door. Is pro wrestling Noah? Well, I I literally I saw um I saw a list of all the promotions like that Noah and well the the parent company Wrestle Universe kind of work with because they they also are the same the the kind of same company as um DDT and they've been doing work with Dragon Gate with CMLL um. GCW, as we said, uh, AW. I mean, the there were some there were some newer guys over in progress earlier this year as well. Yeah, there was. You're absolutely right. Um, 
so yeah, it it see it seems like that they're the kind of real Forbidden Door. The true Forbidden Door. Yeah. True forbidden door. Um It is Halloween as we recall this, by the way, so if anything spooky happens, that, that, that's why. Yeah. Well, we've not got any sweets, so our front door is the forbidden door. <laughs> no, no one's getting out. You, you'll, you'll just get barked up by by the dog. I live in a uh, I live in a gated block of flats, so kids aren't even going to get to my front door. They'll be away. I pay for a gate to be in the way to keep them out. Um, right, next up, then um, another bit of uh, another bit of good news: a return, um, one that we we all sort of saw coming out of based on how it was all sort of shaken down. But Emma formerly known in Impact as Tanil Dashwood, has signed a contract with WWE. She appeared on the show. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And she is scheduled to be placed onto the SmackDown roster. Yeah. Um, yeah, a, a partner, uh, Madcap Moss, works for WWE. Um, seemed like, as soon as she was like going on about that, it seemed like, I don't know, she was a free agent. It seemed like a no-brainer. She was going to end up back. Well, it was like, it happened in stages. So it was like, it was her and my cat Moss put a picture up, like, showing that they were together. And then, like, mm. she didn't resign with Impact. And then she was, like, sort of just sort of floating around for it. And it was like, all right, yeah, she's she's probably going to end up in WWE. Yeah. Um, I, I think as well, it's it's quite cool because there's a lot of, like, a lot of people Triple H is bringing back are, like, people from some iteration of NXT. Yeah, obviously, like the first, like I've kind of got, I've kind of got a bit of fear about this because she's had a very like EC three career trajectory, and like she was basically squandered in WWE as a whole. Um, never really made it. She got to the main roster, she didn't really do anything, and then she went to Impact, like reinvented herself, like became the top star, like you know, rose to the top of that division, and now has gone back to WWE for a second go. And I just hope they they find more for her to do than they found for EC three to do when he was there. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the difference is that it's Triple H and Vince, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is this. Um, I mean, you say that, but I, I, they, I, I, they, do, I do just hope that, 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 yeah, she gets used a bit better than, I mean, based on what happened on SmackDown, it's not a great start, but we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. Our women's title match, she, I mean, she looked, she looked good in the match. Um, I, I think, as I say, I feel like it's, um, Triple H is getting like a sort of like the people that he kind of saw something in way back when, as well as like people obviously we've recently released, bring them all back because he's kind of like he thought these are people that I think are the future of our company. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you can't. You, as we found out in AEW, you can't give everybody the TV time they deserve. Oh no, of course not. But I think, I think he's like because the company have basically like been gutted to the point where they didn't need a brand a brand split. They could have literally just done it with like one group of wrestlers. Yeah. And it seems like he's kind of filling in the slots that were emptied. So maybe yeah, fair. maybe it's a good I think it could be a good sign. It's a good I think it's a good sign. I mean um, I'm glad she's back in there. Yeah she 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 definitely has unfinished business. She was like the whole Emelina thing was a fucking joke on it. So if she can yeah. come back and like redeem that, then that was that'd be beautiful. Um more good news. The good news keeps on rolling this week. Uh it was revealed the reason why Seamus was recently written off television. He obviously got that beat down from was it the bloodline you're talking about? Yeah. Um Solo Sokoa broke his arm. Broke his arm, but he didn't break his arm properly because when I saw his wedding pictures, which is for the reason why he was um while he was off TV, he got married. I when I saw his wedding pictures, there, there was no broken arm. I mean, imagine breaking his arm because for his wedding, what a horrible thing to do. It, it, yeah, well, it's it's funny because if you th- if you look at WCW, 
they had their Chavo Guerrero lose a hair versus hair match like literally the week before his wedding. <laughs> uh, which is a like in Eddie Guerrero's book. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this is awesome. So he got married to his fiance Isabella Revere. Uh, they got engaged in 2021 when Seamus proposed to her during a trip to Ireland, obviously. And uh, it really nice to see like the wedding pictures were great. Guests at the wedding included Claudio Castagnoli, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre and Miro and CJ Perry. So all of his like best friends in like his sort of immediate wrestling circle. Yeah, um, Miro, Drew and Claudio were the uh, groomsmen, weren't they? Yeah, who'd have thought the League of Nations were still kicking always way down the line? Uh, with with extra bonus Claudio and Drew. And no Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, a, ma- a marked improvement. <laughs> but no, it, it's really really good to see. It was it looked lovely. Um, yeah, uh, Drew was there. I think we're all the grooms been in kilts. I know. Yeah, they were all wearing the same thing as Seamus, basically like yeah. a, a sort of like green kilt and nice nice jacket. And um, Claudio had did Claudio have a child? I didn't know Claudio was a dad. Yes, Claudio and uh, before. Yeah, so them with their little baby. Yeah. It, was just, it was lovely. Yeah, you get a chance, just go have a little Google, check out the wedding photos. They're very fun. Um, everyone looks like they're having a really nice time. And congratulations yeah. to Seamus on, on his, his wedding. There's a there's a really um, a really good picture of uh, Seamus and his new wife. Um, and she's got like she's got like a, a like champagne flute with champagne in, and he's just stood there with a pint of Guinness. Just like, <laughs> That's love, Seamus. Pity Liverpool shut the bed for him. Would have been nice if they got a win for his win, but we buy. Yeah, come on, lads, do it for Seamus. You do it for you. Exactly. You bro, kick a fucking central defender. Let Mo Salah go through on goal. Be great. Uh, right, final bit of WWE news. It's quite. We're moving quick, rapidly through the news this week. Not an awful lot to talk about. It was. It's been a very serene week in WWE, and all the chaos has been reserved for AW, which we'll get onto in a little while. But even then, it's like not a lot of chaos like it's it's gonna be us talking about not not major but i mean I've got, I've got four articles to go through just on one topic so you know well yeah don't worry about that but, you know. uh right lastly uh and this is intriguing and i think this is uh, this is true i think this is a really good move um so speaking to give me sport wrestle votes have noted that wwe are considering making a change to the money in the bank match to bring it back to wrestlemania with the men's match going to be on one night at WrestleMania, potentially, and the women's on the other, which I think is a phenomenal idea. Yeah, that being said, I do quite like, unlike Hell in a Cell, um, where that's kind of a pointless pay-per-view, and as we as we found out as well this week, Triple H is scrapping that, and he's going to only use Hell in a Cell for like, um, when it's a- needed. A- actual blood feud, like a chubby. Yeah, um, and not just shoehorn it into things because it's that time of the year. Um, I, I think with Money in the Bank, it's good because obviously you've got that threat looming of the person cashing in on the night. And even though they could do that at WrestleMania, I think it's still it's still quite good at Money in the like Money in the Bank have its own show. So I'll tell you the two like sort of main reasons why I think I prefer it to be at WrestleMania. So first off, like it lasts for a year, doesn't it? When you win the briefcase, you've got until and like WrestleMania yeah. is kind of like the start of, or the end of the season. So it's it kind of it kind of resets the whole thing. So you win it and you have it until the next WrestleMania. Yeah, which I kind of like. It does mean that the only way for a cash in to happen at WrestleMania is on the night. That's the only thing. Or 
because it's like, it goes to like the year to the day, they could kind of like just pretend it's the same day. <laughs> they'd have to do it like they'd have to do it like they'd have to make sure it happened before the rest of the money in the bank match happened. Obviously, because if you give out the new one, then they can't have the old one. Well, no, I think they could. They could. They could. They'd probably do it, wouldn't they? Where they'd like say, "Oh, I want." I want to be in the Mania main event and either like shoehorn himself into the, the Rumble winners. Yeah, so you, 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 you could cash in like, you cash in like, like Daniel Bryan did cash in like a week before and be like, I want to be in the Mania main event. Daniel Bryan didn't do that. Well, someone, someone, someone cashed in the, the briefcase and was like, I, I want to. There we go. That's the one. And it was someone. Um, and the, the other thing I like about it is obviously one of the big issues, well, not big issues, but one of the problems that WrestleMania sometimes has is the car gets a bit bloated because they're trying to get everyone on the show. And this is a really good way of getting like six or well, twelve different people potentially on the show, six men, six women. Yeah, like remember when they did the um, the multi man ladder matches for the Intercontinental title like a couple of years? That was yeah. awesome. Got- but this but this is a way to do that without having to to like axe one of the feuds for the belts. It just it just gives you another match with stakes mm-hmm. that you can put a lot of people into. Oh yeah. Oh no, that's what I mean. Like it's it's just a good way to put like a match like that within. Yeah. I agree. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I think I'd be up for this on balance. I think, it, um, and also I could never fucking remember when money in the bank is. So like when I'm, when I'm trying to think, like how long have they got left to cash in? I could never remember when when the time runs out. So I know it's WrestleMania. It's, then my stupid brain can go right to they've got until WrestleMania. Yeah, well, it, it changes every year. Like one year it was like May, and then another year it was like July. It's like Easter, mate. How can it how can it be happening at the same time? It keeps changing days. Yeah, it's 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 usually between May and July. That they do it. I think they did it in June this year. Yeah. Just bring back Fatal 4, mate. Take it twice. Be fine. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, right then. I think that's going to wrap us up for news. Short, sharp, yeah. and relatively positive this week. Uh, which you like to say, good, good on you, WWE. Just, just keep keep plowing that furlough. I mean, we'll bitch about some bits that happen on the TV show, I'm sure. But for now, it. it's all good. Um, right. If you're listening to us on Jack's Radio, and as I always say, if you're not, you should be, we'll have a little bit of music for you on the way into our recaps. We'll have it's, it's, this is all off um, my Halloween playlist, all the songs this week, because we are recording this on Spooky Christmas. So we're starting out with Blinding Lights by the weekend. So enjoy that. And we're back. Okay, we're going to go straight in to the Raw recap. And would it would not be a Raw recap without a Judgment Day promo, would it? So let's start with one of them. Yeah. Um, essentially, to be fair, this was a good promo. Finn Balor was like, just shit, like completely shitting on the Bullet Club, going like, "I founded that club, and no one cares about it anymore." I mean, mate, to be fair, it can be good mashed potato, but after I've eaten two kilos of it, I don't want it anymore. That's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, and then the 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 very WWE thing of going, "Oh well, now as everyone knows it as the OC," is like no one fucking knows it's the OC. <laughs> Nobody. Um, yeah, the uh, Carl Anderson. Um, AJ and Gallows come out. This led to a match, which Finn won. I by fuck tons of fuckery. Right. Um, Dominic jumps on the apron. AJ kind of like throws him off. Um, and then Priest like murders AJ. Gallows then murders Priest. Rhea throws Gallows into the ring post and body slams him. Um, which they proceeded to show replays of throughout the night because it was a very impressive feat of strength. Fair, yeah. And then within like the kind of like melee of it was going on outside the ring, um she goes in and like low blows Carl Anderson and then 
fit and hit someone with like coup de gras it's with I don't right I, I I appreciate this is all exciting action and like I I'm intrigued like obviously you've got you've got this like nice sort of lineup of like you know Tim Balor, the original Bullet Club guy, with AJ on the other side, with the OC, the OC you know, with with Gallows and Anderson. And but where's it all? Where's it all leading, man? What's it? What's what's the point of all this? What's what's it all building up to? Uh, I think it's literally just a feud for the Judgment Day, probably War Games. Yeah, I mean, what's what's the end? What's the end goal of the Judgment Day? Is it to get Finn into the world title picture? Is it to get Priest into the world title picture? Is it to get Dominic into the world title picture? Yes, it's it's. I feel I've got a horrible feeling the judgment days there to get Dominic Mysterio over as they can. And he gets he gets so much heat to be fair, so it's working. But yeah. It's whether it's like X Pac heat or not, isn't it? True. Yeah. I mean I, I, again it, I, I appreciate that everyone in it is really good and like I don't dislike what anyone's individually doing. I just like I just really think it needs to have some direction. Because <laughs> it's yeah. just they just come out and say shit and then do shit and like nothing really matters. Yeah, they've gone from being like spooky boys and girls to just like the goth kids from South Park, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, with with less coffee and cigarettes and more Dominic being a sub. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm always I'm always down to see Colin and get his ass beat though. That's that's always fun. So. Yeah, to be fair, this match was really good. It was like probably the best match Carl Anderson had in for years. Maybe um, there were dick jokes with him getting punched in the nose as well, which is nice. Oh, we got to that later. Don't worry about it. Um, right next speaking of that moving on then uh, next up we had the first of a couple of Miz and Gargano segments yeah um, so this was really good uh, basically Johnny just kind of like saying to the Miz you know um, like just just say what happened like if you don't I will um, it's just like, like uncomfortably close to like Gargano trying to tell the Miz that he's been sexually abused or something isn't it well, I don't know. I feel like that, that that's it does feel like that's what they're alluding to, but I reckon it's gonna be something like like fucking um Connor, you know, when like Garland Green like has a little tea party with a little girl. Yeah. I reckon they go down that road and it's just like they've like had all these sinister overtones and that that's what it actually is, and Dexter just wanted a tea party with the Dexter just wants Dexter just wants to be just wants to play FIFA with him or something, just hang out. Yeah, because that, that that's kinda what it was like with uh, when he was doing the index thing where it was like um, Turns out, like Loomis has got like this stacked man cave with like a fucking massive telly, like loads of beer, and he's just got no one to play with, so he just wants mates. Yeah, exactly. Got, he's got uh, the tape, he's got the air hockey and everything, mate. He's fucking sorted. Yeah, it's it's cool as well. I think it's it's nice to see that they're giving Johnny kind of something for his, him to sink his teeth into. It does feel like they're going to go down the road of Johnny and Candace versus Miz and Maurice. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, they're going to be getting there. Uh, so this this then springs into a match, which is R Truth versus Miz. Oh yeah, oh god, yeah, this was in the ring. I thought it was backstage or something. They, they, um, had, a, they, had, they had a real I've match, got, and everything. I've got them mixed up. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a segment later, which was backstage. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I was to- I was thinking of. Um, so yeah, with with this, um, yeah, Johnny comes out, he's doing all that. He he says, "Tell the truth," and then R Truth comes out, and he's like. Well, I'm here. What are you going to tell me? He said truth of a mirror three times, so our truth appears. Yeah. Um, yeah, Johnny and our truth were doing like some pretty funny bits, to be fair, where they were like, they, they were just like finishing each other's sentences and stuff like that. Yeah. Or same thing going, ah, we just become best friends. Um, so yeah. the finish of the match is that Johnny dresses up like Dexter to like scare them is. 
Yeah, and he stand he stands like behind Corey Graves and he's like fixing his glove. Miz freaks out, our truth rolls up and then Miz to pick up the win and then Johnny like unmasks and he's laughing and it's actually And there's layers here because Johnny had issues with Dexter in NXT. And then they were tag partners. Yeah. So he's sort of poking the bear a bit as well here, isn't he? Like a tiny bit. Mm. Well, did... so see if he gets any sort of come up for that, which would be fun. Yeah, I don't think he will. I think it's more um, it, as I say, it's more that he's uh, just friends with um, friends with Dexter. And he just uh, fuck with the Miz, which is always fun again. The, the Miz is the Miz is imminently fuck with his knees. He's got a great like concern face. Oh, he's brilliant! It, 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 the the way he's put it in these this kind of like story with like Dexter and Johnny's fantastic. If, if there's anyone in WWE who needs to be treated like a Saturday morning cartoon villain, it is the Miz. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Um, then, speaking of speaking of all that, next up we have a Candice LeRae interview. Yeah, so pretty much immediately, uh, she sat down. It, this was actually really well shot. It was di- it was different from other stuff that WWE do. Um, it was almost like cinematically shot. Um, so they were sat in like uh, a locker room, and uh, Kathy Kelly's interviewing Candice, and before like she can even start interviewing her properly, uh, damage control come in and Bailey like that. Like start taking over the interview as like EO and Dakota are stood there and Candace kind of like Candace basically like just points out like oh yeah EO you can't be trusted because you turned on me in NXT and Dakota it's good to see that you're still just following somebody else around um and she as she's about to say something to Bailey uh like Bailey like pushes the camera person over and then you just see damage control beat the shit out of Candace um and leave. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really well shot the way they did it. Um, as I say, it was a di- different kind of perspective from the usual backstage WWE uh, angle. Yeah, fair. Fair. It gives Candice something to do as well. She's, she, she needs that sort of like first program and she likes to sort of slide into like a, a, a thing with someone. Yeah, well, I think the, they're definitely building up towards like damage control and probably getting another member being in um, war games. Right. Uh, I, I feel like it's going to be damage control versus Bianca and four of the people in World Yeah, like the people who she's been hanging around with. Um, sound. Next up then, Elias and Riddle have a little segment. Um, again, just a lot of bongos and stoner jokes, basically. Yeah, this was interesting because Elias kind of like said, nobody interrupts me. If you do it again, we're going to have a problem because obviously Riddle interrupted them. Um, and then Riddle was like, oh yeah, well, and then uh, Alpha Academy come in and challenge um, challenge Elias to a match. Do you reckon they're going to um, open in a, in a sort of like odd couple tag team? Probably. They, they do seem to have decent like, chemistry. Yeah. Uh, it, it was quite funny actually because Jack Cable come in and said if you were a team you'd be if you were a band you'd be called Blink-180 Shoosh! Um, <laughs> see, see that's funny because they've just got back together. That's, yeah. that's topical. See what, you, see what they did there. Chad Gable's so fucking good. He's, he's and to be fair, Matt Riddle is about as fucking spaced out as my, um, Tom DeLonge. So. Yeah, just a different way. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they both yeah. see aliens, but for entirely different reasons. Yeah. Riddle has CGI ones when he uh, kicks his flip flop up. <laughs> All right, next up then, Theory beat Ali. Decent match. Yeah, really good match. Um so Seth Rollins was on commentary for this, uh, just being a general bastard. 
Yeah, um, it looks like they're sort of setting up Ali and Seth as a thing, they, they? which they is have it's, it's nice. It's nice that after nearly two years, they found something for Ali to do. And when they do have a match, it's going to be fucking. Phenomenal. Oh, it's going to absolutely slap. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Rollins kind of like he he basically cost Ali the match by distracting him. Uh, theory hit eight down down, and Ro- Rollins like posed for a selfie with Theory, and then he was just like. He was just beating the shit out of him. Ali after the match, like throws him into like the timekeeper's area, throws him into the crowd, and like he kind of like walks off like this mustache twirling villain, just laughing to himself. Again, this was really well shot. Like they, they did a few different sort of shot like camera angles this week that they would normally have done. Um. So yeah, like sets was walking backstage. Why, why are they lingering on this? And from literally out of nowhere, Ali just dives on Seth and just like beats the shit out and throws oh, him nice. into. The- Throws him into the um like screen. They, they kind of tease throwing each other into it. He he gets the upper hand and then they brawl to the back. Fair. Um, yeah, certainly not the last we're going to see of this. No. Next up, then we have the the segment you started describing before. The, this is the second yeah. musical going to segment, the one that's backstage. Yeah. So uh, Johnny is walking back and he's like obviously looking concerned because he's going to check on Candace. Um. Miz like comes up to him and gives him, um, he, he gives him like a card off him, off him and Maurice, and it's like, Joe's like, oh, thanks, that's a really decent thing of you to do. And like Miz, like, look, can we just sit down, and, like, talk about this? And he's like, no, no, I'm, you, you can tell the world what I'm going to tell the boy uh, next week. Um, and then Johnny opens the card. He goes, you've not even like wrote anything in this. It's just an empty card. Um, <laughs> Miz like storms off uh, and then JBL comes out and like says something about like Johnny Gargano disrespecting uh, people who've been around for ages. Uh, Johnny just basically rips the shit out of JBL and then makes a match between it ends up with a match between him and Corbin. Just just usual like JBL being like, Oh yeah, you're too small to be a wrestler, why are you talking? Fair. Yeah. Um Yeah, sound. Yeah. Um, I'm still not sure. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be all right, but I've still got like a bit of ache about the whole JBL Corbin pairing. I don't quite get that. I'm not quite sure I like that, but I just don't um, ever. I just don't like seeing JBL. If I'm being totally honest. Yeah, for those keeping track, I'm still blocked by JBL. Still blocked by JBL on Twitter. We were yeah. going to, again. Here, come and see Jane person at the TNT show. He'll tell you that story probably while he's hammered. Um, yeah. Next up, Omos defeats four jobbers. Speaking of where the fuck are things going? Where the fuck are things going? Uh, it's basically just um, building up towards Omos and Braun, isn't it? Yeah, but where's I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying not to be negative, man. But like, what's the fucking point of Omos? Um, they see him as like their next giant. But he's because never gonna. He's, yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't do that anymore. Like, it's about skill and wrestling ability and like storytelling in the ring, not like a big man making people fall over. Hmm. I don't know, he's, he's not terrible. He's just not good either. <laughs> he's, I don't uh, mind him. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I honestly hope they find something for him to do. I just, I, I, again, I'm not blaming him. I think, you know, he's done I mean, everything as well. He does everything he's asked to do and he does it very, very well. I just wish they had some a bit more direction for him. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at, say, him and Satnam Singh compared to, like, Carly and Giant Gonzalez, the two of them are a lot more um, oh, yeah, we're in a more mobile era of big men now. Yeah, a lot more mobile, a lot more athletic. Uh, 
the arm inside to one of his legs are about to fucking fall off. No, fair. Um, next up then, we have that Elias-Chad Gable match. Elias gets the win because of Riddle. Yeah, this, this was a really fun match. Um, Chad, Chad Gable's excellent. Uh, Elias's like Chad Gable's really good because he seems to be able to get the best out of anybody he's against. Why? Why doesn't Elias wrestle as well as Ezekiel did? Ezekiel just had me. Why didn't he pass that knowledge down to Elias? Well, he passed it up to Elias because he's the younger brother. Mm. Yeah, but on, uh, his, on, his, on his like on his sick bed, he should have taught him all his secrets. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But funnily enough, actually, I've just remembered <laughs> Chad Gable did say, why don't you shave your beard off and come back as a he heel again? <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, Elias, so, yes. So, obviously, Elias. see, obviously, we're rumbling towards that sort of either confrontation or pairing of Riddle and Elias. It's sort of happening down the line somewhere, isn't it? I feel like they're going to have like a feud with, Ameri- with American Alpha, with Alpha Academy next. And then we'll see where that goes. But they, they sort of felt like they were teasing that Elias was going to turn on Riddle. Right. Because he was like, don't interrupt me again. Uh, next up then, we had um, Baron Corbin. Is he back to Baron? He's back to Baron now. Baron Corbin beat Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Um, this was this was a fun match. Uh, so Johnny actually had the upper hand the majority of this match. Um, it basically as he as he's like literally about to about to like pretty much win the match. Uh, he steals JBL's cowboy hat. Does like the two step on the announce table. He goes to give JBL back, um, and then doesn't and goes on the apron and sets up for one final beat. Um, Corbin kind of like moves away. JBL just like sweeps Gargano's legs onto the apron, and then Corbin it's end the day to pick up the win. Fair. Uh, and then on to the main events. Um, Bailey in a, in a banger match by all accounts. Like twenty odd minutes, and they? they really got time. Uh, Bailey beat Bianca after a wild Nikki appeared and a Nikki Nikki Ash flash cross. Some not quite. Well, they, they still call, are they still calling it Nikki Ash or is she back to Nikki Cross? No, they, they called her Nikki Cross on commentary. Awesome. So Nikki's back and she's pissed and she's just beating the shit out of everyone. Yeah, um, this this was really cool actually. The, uh, the definitely the match was like the best match that uh, Bianca and Bailey have had. I think like I, I've I've always been kind of not critical, but I've always thought they've not had the best chemistry. Yeah. Um, but it feels like the kind of. Now they've had now they've had a few more matches with each other and they've been working a lot more. They've kind of found that groove. Um, there was a lot of kind of cool spots where um, Bailey went for the KOD. Bianca got out of it, hit a Bailey to belly. Um, Bailey hit a Bailey to belly off the top rope, and this was where it was interesting because basically damage control were trying to get involved and. Um, the referee was like trying to get them out, and then oh, you see a woman jump off the top rope, but you ne- you don't see her face. Um, so it's like who's that? Um, and she jumps onto everyone, takes out the ref, takes out um damage control, and I was like, okay, well maybe she's here to even the odds for Bianca because Bianca's like basically uh, on her own against damage control. Yeah, and uh, it's as I said, as we said, it's. Nikki, um, Nikki Cross. She attacks Bianca, and then 
uh, I can't remember if she pulled Bailey onto her or if Bailey like basically pins her. Um, it's just, just yeah, she just kind of kills everyone, and Bailey just sort of like drapes her arm over. Yeah, yeah. basically. Uh, yeah, Bailey does that, and then Nikki gets back in the ring, and um, she's sort of like staring down, like staring at Bailey, and Bailey sort of looking at her to say, "Oh, you're going to join Damage Control." And Nikki, Nikki's got like a leather jacket with like studs on it, and she takes it off and just like starts whipping Bailey with it. Oh, fair. And, and just like stands looking like very, very kind of sort of like the range Nikki Cross, but not because she's obviously like doesn't look like she's like been living in a fucking Mad Max world. Um, she was she just looked looked a lot more like kind of like I don't know. I got kind of like American Psycho vibes of it. But yeah, 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 um, yeah. So that's raw. Then yeah, yeah. It ends with Bailey. Because uh, sorry, with Nikki just killing everyone. Um, yeah, good raw. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, it was. I, I enjoyed it. Thought it was a pretty decent episode. Fair. All right, then we'll plow on to SmackDown. Uh, we start out with tag team action: the Braun and Brutes defeating Sammy and Solo Yeah, this was down to Jay, essentially distracting Sammy. Uh, if if the Brutes beat Sammy and Solo as well, they got a. A tag team title match at Crown Jewel, which um, yeah, they 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 did, and they are fair. Um, next up, then the probably the talking point of the of the episode, um, the Billard Line promo that followed the match. Oh, fucking hell, this was so funny. Um, yeah, like so, Roman's in the ring and he looks just he just looks disappointed with Jay, and like Sammy, and he he, he kind of tells him like you. You sort it out amongst yourselves. Um, and so, yeah, Sammy is basically arguing with Jay. And then um, Sa- Sammy kind of like says, he says, you're not feeling very goosey, which at like Roman and um, and Jimmy sort of like ready to laugh anyway. Um yeah, so Sammy says you're not doing what's in the best interest of the tribal chief, and um, Jay says I don't care what the tribal chief says. And Roman was like stood with his back to them, but like kind of like his his body language there was amazing. He sort of like as he said that like, like Ro- Roman just sort of like he looked like he'd been left footed. He got sort of like jerked up, and he was like whoa, and then he got sort of yeah. like slowly turned around, and like at that moment, Jay also knew that he'd fucked up. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, yeah, Sam, it, it, what was really good about this was Sammy was like. Trying to backpedal for Jay, so um, he, so it's weird, isn't it? It's like I don't know what, what Sammy's game is here because he, he kind of like pushed Jay to the point where he said that, but then like immediately afterwards was like, oh no, he didn't mean it. You know, he, he just he just spoke. He just he, he's he, he's not feeling himself. You know, he's not right. See, I think he's just being a bit of a sycophant. Uh, Roman as well, like kind of says to Jay that if he doesn't, he, he asks like the the he puts his arm around Jimmy and uh, round Jimmy round Jay. And he's like, he's like, you, you've not been very goosey recently. And like, they all start like kind of laughing. <laughs> uh, Sammy, Sammy whispers something. I can't remember what it was now. Um, I think he, he whispered something to Jay, like it gets all of us or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, the fact that as well, that like Sammy and Paul Heyman were able to keep relatively straight faces. Yeah. Like, Jay was like literally had his head in his hands. Uh, Jimmy was like 
giggling away in the corner. Jimmy was very thankful he was in the background, wasn't he? He couldn't quite see his yeah, face as clearly. He didn't, so he... he didn't have the uh, solo in the shot, so he could have been like howling. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, basically, Roman says, um, Roman says if if he doesn't if Jay doesn't get Usi, Sammy's going to be promoted from an honorary Us to Us and re- uh, get renamed Sammy Uso. Yeah, so basically said he's going to replace Jay with Sammy effectively in the in the tag team. Yeah, I I think at this point they're making a very good case to make Sammy the guy to dethrone Roman. Yeah, I mean that's and wild. That's wild to think about, isn't it? I I think like they if they wanted to, they could have it where Sammy could be the guy to dethrone Roman, and I'd be like. To be honest, that's what I want. Yeah, fair. Uh, right then, we'll move on. Which uh, can't linger on that forever, unfortunately. No, it's just, we could talk about it for a long time. Um, yeah. And we did talk about it a lot on uh, Tom Clark's main event. So go and check. If you want to hear us talking about Roman, go and check out Tom Clark's main event from the other week when we were on it. Uh, we talked a lot about that. Uh, next up, we've got the New Day defeated Maximum Male Models. Uh, are they trying to put Dragon the Build the New Day up to take the belts off the users? Yeah. Maybe not take it off them, but I think that uh, as we kind of like speculated a couple of weeks ago, they're definitely going to be like the final sort of stop before the Usos break the record yeah. or lose the record. Um, um, so yeah, just a squash match basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it was, it was largely the new day. Uh, I think it may have been after this match or it may have been on next week's that they taped for. can't remember. Um, that they had the new day um, basically saying like oh yeah we want the winner of the Brawling Brutes and the Usos Fair. Uh, then we had a couple of promos uh, I'm not really going to go into detail because I don't think there's anything particularly great any of them. Uh, Sonya Deville Braun Strowman and Ronda Rousey all got some promos yeah so the the Sonya and Liv one was quite interesting they had like a pull apart um, in the back Uh Again, another crate with Bray Wyatt's logo on within that, and another hood figure in the background, um, which is kind. Of, it's kind of alluding to that Liv may be joining Bray. Right. Um, obviously, a real life partner is Bo Dallas, um, Bray's brother. Yeah. So again, the, the, there's there's potential there for something to come of that. We shall see. Uh, oh, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm just going to move it on because it's not really to talk on. Yeah. I'm just going to go on to the, the big return. So next up, then Emma returns, as we talked about earlier on. Yeah. Um, she loses immediately to Ronda. Yay. She looked good, though. Like, Yeah, but seven minutes, like, really. Yeah, she had, she had a good show on for herself. It was all it was all about the uh, as SmackDown is. It's the Bloodline show, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Remember when SmackDown used to have the best wrestling on out of like, all the WWE shows? It's weird. It's like they flipped it with Raw and SmackDown. Like yeah. Raw has like now Raw's are like twenty. I mean, it's 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 what you should on your three hour show is where you should be putting your twenty minute matches. Absolutely. So I mean, it makes sense. Um, next up, then Hit Row defeated Legado del Fantasma. I think it's when Nakamura got involved. Mm-hmm. It was Hit Hit Row and Shinsuke Nakamura um, against uh, Legado. Um, what was really well, what was really exciting about this was um, just Shinsuke and Santos doing like a few bits. Like they yeah. had really, that, like, that, yeah. that, that'll be fun. That's not going to be bad, is it? You know, 
that's a match I really want to see. Um, yeah, so the finish was um, the finish was quite good. So um, top dollar basically slammed um, Cruz del Toro into a Kinshasa. Oh, nice! Like as he was as he was basically coming down, Shinsuke just from nowhere like appeared and like made the need him. Um, and yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura is now. Just a, he just seems to be a big fan of music, doesn't he? He's with rappers now. He was with yep. dudes at one point. Just loves loves music. Uh, next up, then we had an LA Knight I, promo. I, we had the what? Sorry, LA, LA Knight promo. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He, he basically um gets called out by Ricochet, and they go yep. have a match. Um. Interesting. We shall see what happens there. Yeah, it's cool. And the present LA Knight is like a tweener, which I like because it's 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 good when he's like being he's being a dickhead to like the faces, but then he's also being a dickhead to the heels as well. Yeah, yeah, he's just being a dick to everyone. And then in the main event, Carrying uh, Cross defeated Matt Moss. Yeah, this was a match that happened. So it was a bad match. It was a bad night for the for the Moss slash Emma household. They both lost. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, not much to say about that. Uh, after the match, carrying cross won't let go of the submission hold. He has to like be prized up and basically, so mm. he's intense and he's dangerous. Yeah, um, just again building up to his cage match with Drew at Crown Jewel this week. Yeah, um, well, no, no Drew and no Bray on the show, which is um, Bray was on the show. Was he? Bray closed the show. Oh, did he? Well, go on, tell me all about it. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, Bray does another in ring promo. Um again it, it's it's weird, but I, I like it because I I feel like they should slow burn this as much as they possibly can. Mm. Because as soon as he starts getting back in the ring, that's when things usually start falling apart, isn't it? Because to try and just, you know, rely on too many spooky things. Yeah. Um and, and we don't want him to make his in ring debut at Crown Jewel, because we've got too many bad Bray Wyatt Crown Jewel memories. I mean, he won the world title and won them. Yeah, but then Goldberg. That was a that was a uh, super show, though. And until Goldberg's retired, I don't want Bray wrestling in Saudi Arabia again, just in case. It's all right. Goldberg's contract up in two months. That's fine, because yeah. we just have to wait two months and then it'll be all right. Yeah, and it sounds like they're not renewing it, um, based on comments he made in the interview. Shock horror. If you ask Bret Hart, he says Goldberg should be taken out of the Hall of Fame as well. Um, if you ask Bret Hart, he should be taken out and shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bret fucking hates Goldberg. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, he comes out and he's, he's doing all the like, oh, I'm, I'm happy to be back. And um, he, said, he says, like, when the crowd starts cheering him, he, he feels vulnerable and there's no smoke and mirrors and they're seeing, like, the real Bray Wyatt. And he was like, "You're gonna see me do spectacular things um, when, while I'm here." And he then says uh, that his emotions can send them to a very dark place. And he was like, "That that's what makes me me." But I have I've had to do some horrible things. And as he does that, the lights go off, and Uncle Howdy, um, the masked figure, is on the screen. Uh, and he says, "You killed the world." And then he he yeah. So he's got like the mask that looks like the one from the black phone on yeah and he takes that off and then it's kind of like it 
it looks like a bit like Barry Windham. Uh, he's got the little cross earring that Bo Dallas was wearing in his last WWE run. Uh, but it's it's very like an uncanny valley mask. Like you can see him talking, but you can't see the mouth moving properly. Um, very very creepily. It's it's almost like crudely made in the sense where it looks like more sinister because of that. Uh, and he, he basically says, um, he says like Bray, you'll never be able to hide. You'll never be able to hide what uh, what you've done from your uncle Howdy, and the show goes off the air. Uh, yeah, very, very sinister vibes. Uh, love, like love, love a good creepy uncle. Oh man, this is a real fucking creepy uncle. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, right then, good SmackDown. You enjoy it? Good, good, good across the board for the, for the E this week? Um, SmackDown was fine. I mean, look, I mean it, it, a, lot, a lot happened because looking at the recap, there wasn't like a good match. There's really hang anything on, was there? Yeah, the, the, the only thing really. Oh, one thing we did miss out actually was um, after Ronda's match with Emma, um, Natalia confronted Ronda backstage. Yeah, and and Shayna Baszler like had already congratulated, like gone to Ronda and congratulated her, and then Shayna basically just murdered Natalia. I mean, if you just just give me Ronda v Shayna now, like right now, I think they're doing. I think they're doing like the tag team. I think they're going to have fine. We'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. Right before we go on to our next segment, just gonna do a, a quick bit of uh, say product placements, but you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of promo. Um, just want to ask, a, you know, a little ad read. Yeah, a little ad read. Just want to ask, are you having trouble sleeping? But always. Do you always feel, but do you always feel tired? It's time to try Recovery PM and see why thousands of customers keep coming back for more. Most over-the-counter sleep aids are just melatonin. The problem with this is if you can't relax and fall asleep in the first place, that melatonin is just going to make you irritable. Recovery PM is a professional blend of nine clinically proven natural sleep aids and tranquilizers plus magnesium. So you're going to relax and then experience deep sleep and wake up refreshed and ready to attack the day. Your whole life is affected by lack of sleep. Your work, your relationships, your mood, your performance, and guys, that includes in the bedroom. Did you know, Jay? That a lack of sleep reduces your testosterone by as much as aging as much as aging ten years does. So, if you upgrade to Recovery PM for thirty days, you'll be amazed at how you feel. Thousands of people have already have, and over eighty five percent of them have come back for more. Now, I know you, Jay. You 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 have some sleep issues. I have really really bad sleep issues. Yes, I, I know. You, I know you're actually going to be trying this as well, aren't you? Yeah, um, as soon as we were approached by um, the guys at Recovery PM to like do a bit of promotion for them, I uh, looked at the product and went, oh, that actually sounds like something that could help me. So I've got some on the way. Uh, I'm going to give it a go, and I'll be updating yeah, weekly. Yeah, and I'll especially, pick- just think think about it. If you're staying up late to watch wrestling, if it's on in two, one, two o'clock in the morning, and you're goosed up on coffee, but you need to get to work the next day, boom, this would be exactly the thing you need. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, funnily enough, as well with the thing about melatonin, I have talked that as well multiple times, and it never worked for me. It did just do exactly that. It made me groggy, made me irritable, didn't help me sleep. So I'm sorry, made, you, made, sorry made, made you more irritable. Well, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. If you want to give it a go, Recovery PM is available from recoverypm.com. And if you use the code UWP, all in caps, you'll get 15% off 
your entire order. Um, get the best sleep of your life today at recoverypm.com. Get on it. Uh, right, we're going to have a quick break then. Before we come back to AEW, we're going to give you some ghost and some evanescence if you're on jacks, and we'll see you in a minute. And we are back. Okay. So, AEW News, right, for the first bullet point on our on our podcast documents, I'm going to peel back the curtain over here. I've literally just put all the CM Punk stuff. I, I, um, I, when we started, just to keep peeling the curtain back, I looked at this one and was like, hmm, not got much AEW stuff there. I, I, admittedly, I just glanced at two bullet points and then actually read what they were. <laughs> okay, so- so I'll I like and, to surprise myself in the podcast. I'll try and run this in chronological order. So I've got four articles. So first off, this was, I think, the first one to break. Uh, so basically, what, what sort of happened is it, it seems as though the, the brawl-out situation is, is sort of coming to a head now. Um, mm. There was that, we'll talk about it on, on the recap, but there was that teaser trailer for the Elite on Dynamite, like little like sort of teaser video. Say the, and, like, yeah, punk. Thanos yeah. Um, obviously, Ace Steel was released last week. We we reported that last week. We talked about that. Um, it all feels like everything's sort of starting to conclude now. It's interesting that some things are starting to happen now. People have been starting to talk a bit, which they weren't doing a few weeks back. Obviously, it's like legal processes have wrapped up. Uh, I know it was reported as well last week that the elite were not pressing any charges um, and hadn't pressed and hadn't at any point launched any sort of legal bid. Now, the first thing that came out was FIFA Select reporting. Um, the Chris Jericho, several sources said that Chris Jericho allegedly approached CM Punk after the brawlout incident and basically told CM Punk in to quote that he was quote a cancer to the locker room and a detriment to the company. Yeah. Um so apparently, according to that article, um this was this was before Jericho went out for his press conference. Yeah, so this all happened before Jericho went out because Jericho told Tony Khan after after he'd finished his press conference, but it already happened before he'd come out, hadn't it? Yeah, because he, he goes at the end of the press conference, some shit happened. Uh, don't worry, we've sort we've we've sorted it out, and then do you see Tony go <gasps> um, and start like panicking, and that's when he starts shooting on WWE. Um, yeah, it, it's it's. Um, I think one thing that kind of has come out of this whole situation that's a massive positive for AW is uh, basically Chris Jericho stepping up into that leadership role. Yeah. Um, oh, we know he signed that new contract and he's got that mentorship coaching role. We know he, he helped lead that talent meeting that they had after All Out to sort of reset the roster. Like you say, Jericho's he's come up huge here. And like I think this was all this. I mean, it, and I know it's not, but it almost feels like when Punk was saying, like, you know, I'm trying to run a company here, Jericho like took that personally. Yeah, um, Jer- Jericho's. I mean, he he's not he's not said it in such an ego driven way, but he feels as though he's been responsible. He's like almost responsible for the creation of AW being the first big name to jump there. He's very protective of AW. Well, yeah, I think the other thing as well when you think about it is Punk was like basically trying to take credit for like all of the success for AW that like in a recent time. And while that's the case, you've still got big guys like Jericho, Mox, um, yeah. like. The elite Kenny, the elite um, Adam Cole, aren't uh, Brian Danielson aren't small names. Yeah, they've, they've got they've got big names within the company that aren't CM Punk. The reason why CM Punk was like kind of a bigger name was because he he was that kind of comeback that felt unobtainable. Yeah, 
And again, this is a love, another fantastic example of CM Punk saying, if you have a problem with me, come and see me backstage. And then someone coming and see me backstage and him immediately cry-assing about it. <laughs> CM Punk, like, in no in no way does CM Punk come out of this looking good. And it's it, it's one of those things, and it? it sucks because he was, like, I remember us sitting up and watching him come back live. I set my al- I set my alarm to wake up at ten to three so that I could watch that happen. And I was being so excited for it and being like, I can't believe this is happening. And give I it its due, it was a hell of a year. It was a great run for one year. Yeah, and it just all fell apart all of a sudden. It was like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, Punk did say he was going to the wheels fell off. He just didn't mean like you know the wheels of the company caused by him. It it didn't mean he was going to fucking set fire to the uh, card afterwards as well. Yeah. Well, after pissing in the back seat. Um, next up then, um, another story. Multiple eyewitnesses. So this is from Daddy Dave at the Wrestling Observer. Uh, basically, he said he's gotten multiple stories from both sides. So uh, did we talk about this last week? Um, the story put out by CM Punk's camp that during the when, the... when the door was flung open by the, the Young Bucks crashing through like fucking Jack Nicholson, um, apparently the door hit Larry the dog in the face and he had to have some teeth removed. Which was the was the story from CM Punk side? Yes. So what what's interesting about this is the person that he told was Nick Houseman, who was the guy that like he kind of like went after at the start, going, "You're friends with Colt with Scott Colton. You yeah. were in a comedy with Scott Colton." Um. And yes, yeah, so it's it, it's interesting that he he kind of broke that, and then. It's interesting he dropped that like as the elite were about to return to AEW television. It, it was just after the video package came out. Yeah. Um now what's more interesting about that to me is that almost like immediately people who were involved or people who weren't like directly involved was the kind of like thing that was sort of stressed about this came out and said that's a load of bollocks. Yeah, well, this is it. So, according to Meltzer, uh, multiple sources have said that this is basically bollocks. Um, it's a fabrication. And Meltzer lately state, later stated, um, multiple eyewitnesses said the dog story was a total fabrication. If it was true, the end of the investigation would be that Punk would have been the one who was staying. So, if they had like kicked a door into a dog's face, they probably would have got re- reprimanded. And it's it's again, it's it's the the story from Punk's side is the one that's changed constantly, hasn't it? Yeah, like that's the thing as well. Like he even came out and said, "Oh, you know what? Maybe maybe I was, maybe the door didn't get kicked, and maybe I was exaggerating all that." And then he went back on it and said, "He said that he's had no contact from AEW, which we know is bollocks because it's been reported um, about meetings that have been had with yeah. Punk and A Steel, um, and which was what led to A Steel getting getting released from the company." Um. Also, I mean, it can, can we we can confirm? Obviously, uh, Larry did have teeth removed. His dog did have teeth removed. However, that happened at a scheduled vet appointment. Yeah, that was already in place. So it wasn't like it was a result of the fight. He already had an appointment to have dental work done at the vet a few days later. Yeah. Um, as I say, just like talk talk about um, talk about kind of like just. Fucking over your legacy completely, like. Well, I've got I've got more for you if you want. Go on. So again, more from from Dave Meltzer. Um, basically, um, 
He's again called it a, a complete made up story. One person in AW said that Punk's losing the investigation and is desperate. There was multiple weeks long investigation and this oddly wasn't discovered. Also, it so happened to be mentioned the moment there was news about the Bucks and Kenny coming back. It's insane that people would even humor this. Um, another person was in the room seconds after the incident and stated that the person said the dog story was not true. That person said, quote, the dog story is a complete lie. When the altercation was happening, Punk was a total psycho and could have cared less about the dog. Kenny picked the dog up to save him from being hurt and gave him to Mega. Mega was holding the dog and screaming at Punk to stop. Punk didn't even register his baby was being held by a stranger in the middle of the fight. It didn't stop him one bit. Yeah, like he, he seemed he, he seemed like unhinged in the um in the press conference. He like like no in no way was it not premeditated this whole like like uh, thing where he, like the press conference because he he'd said to apparently he'd said to people like I'll wait till you see the post match press conference. Um, mm. it's just just madness, isn't it? Yeah, and then one final bit of news. Just again, this is all obviously pointing down the line that Punk is going to be gone. Again, it's been reported that he's basically going to be bought out of his contract. The only sort of um, state, st- like sort of snagging point at the moment is a non compete clause, just on the off chance that WWE want to bring him back. But I know Punk has expressed interest in going back to WWE. WWE have very much expressed interest that they don't want him. However, we'll see yeah. where all that sort of shakes out. Um, just I think of- Triple H just said like, if there's money to be made, the not going to leave it on the table. Yeah. And I think CM Punk, there's a lot of money on the table. Like, let's face it, there's, there's like the, um, the kind of like diehard WWE fans who have been like, going, oh, Punk, a shell of himself. Now he's gone back to AW. As soon as he go, if he, as soon as he shows any interest, they're like, oh, yeah, look, we've won the war, all that. Bollocks. Yeah, Punk's back. He's come home and all this. Um, yeah, just another little piece of news here again from Dave Meltzer, who again obviously has most of the, the scoops on this, given his like sort of standing within the company. Um, he, he basically reported that, quote, many, if not most, of the top names have told him that they don't want to work with Punk if he stays. Yeah, which is fair. Like, yeah. you can't expect him to just. You can't expect them to want to work with the with the guy when he's like literally. Um... And and this this was an interesting quote as well. Uh, one top star basically quote stated, stated quote Punk won't be back. His value on screen isn't one percent worth the hassle and black cloud he causes backstage. Yeah, which is damning, isn't it? Remember, like a year or well, six months ago, when Eddie Kingston said nobody wants to do here. <laughs> it, it's so weird, isn't it? So like, like. Because there was like really positive things coming out about him, like the power. Yeah, like Darby was saying nice things about him. Jungle Boy was saying nice things about him. Like all the young talent were really psyched to work with him. And it's it's literally as if as soon as he's got like his feet under the table and he's like got into like his comfy chair, the mask slipped. Like MJF said in that promo, weirdly that it was. (laughs) (laughs) They were they were trying to tell us all along. Um. Yeah, and it's it's mental, isn't it? It's just like last year when that happened, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have fucking seen that going. I mean, Bobby Fish is probably giddy as a schoolgirl right now. He was right though. I mean, he's right. not going to get his job back, but he was right the whole time. No, H and the boys. Well, Triple H brought him back for like a training thing at the performance center, didn't he? Yeah, that was like yeah, but it was, it was that was just like a. 
And he was like, oh, you know, don't, 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 you're not going to be on camera. Don't touch anyone. Don't say anything. Just stand in the corner and we'll give you like 20 quid on the way out and a t shirt. See him. That's, that's Brom Breaker. He's our champion. Don't even fucking think about him. No, don't even look at him. <laughs> 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 right then, one last piece of news. Um, a bit of good news to wrap up the AW pod, uh, news segment. Uh, so Jim Ross on his latest Drill and Jail podcast has announced that he is cancer free and is currently only receiving treatment to heal the burns caused by his radiotherapy. Awesome news. That's really good news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Jim Ross, he's obviously like widely regarded and rightly so as like the greatest announcer of all time. Yeah, and he's basically said he wants to ride his career out in AW and I'm happy. I know people get upset with him like getting things wrong every now and then, but he is the voice of my youth of I watching think... wrestling. I want him to just he can go for, he, he has the free pass, he can go for as long as he wants, as long as I'm as far as I'm concerned. I think though, like when since they moved him to like be more on rampage or do like an hour of rampage and an hour of dynamite. He definitely feels like a lot more kind of like rejuvenated. Like, yeah, and he's and also in, in pay per views now, he comes in for like the sort of second half, doesn't he? And just does like the big matches, like the title matches, which again, I think just using him more sparingly, which is what a lot of people were saying. He just he, he gives him that, like, he can, he can do a lot more, like these big bursts of energy. He's a lot more, he, he sounds more enthused, he's a lot sharper. He's well, remember when he was uh, commentating on NXT and he just they literally just bring him in for the main event of the show, yeah. And he was awesome. He was so good, like because he was, he wasn't getting burnt out. He wasn't like, oh, I've been sat here watching like this for ages. But also, also, he, also, he fucking loves the acclaimed. Yeah, I was, I was literally about <laughs> to say the other thing is, he he seems to just be having fun. Yeah, like he he's got no kind of like, he's got no one like shouting at him. To, oh, you gotta say this, gotta say this. He's literally just there, and he's just. Laughing and joking with his two mates, Tony and Excalibur, and Taz. Um, and he just seems to be having a good time doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right then, we're going to have another quick break. Uh, we're going to have some talking heads for you, everyone, Jacks, and then we'll be back in one second to talk Dynamite and Rampage. And we're back. Okay, AEW Dynamite time. Uh, we start. I mean, this was just. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go through them, but there was just, just solid matches all the way through this week, wasn't it? Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, banger after banger after banger. So we start out with Wheeler Utah and Claudio Castagnoli surprisingly defeating Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia. Jericho yeah. eats the pin. I was going to say Claudio got the pin, didn't he? Yeah. Very, really, really fun match. It was it was super fun. Um, Utah and Garcia. I love I love the sort of parallel of their like ascent when the the way they're sort of both coming up but in slightly different ways in slightly different environments and it's going to make them into you got you get the feeling they're destined to just fight each other forever in AEW really like through, throughout the years mm. I, I I feel like um, as well Yuta and Claudio seem to be getting positioned to be like the, the sort of tag team of um, the Blackpool Combat Club a bit more yeah, so, well, they they sort of they came out at the end of the Ring of Honor pay per view, didn't they? And like sort of challenged, like sort of moved to challenge FTR, and it was odd because they were both champions at the time. But now they've both lost the belts. It's like, all right, okay, now they can be a tag team. But the Kingdom are there as well. The Kingdom are there as well. Uh, we'll talk about but, them in a bit. In a bit. Um, no, thank you. Uh, so yeah, after the match, it's re- they get a recall interview with uh, Brian Danielson, who's been like sort of watching the match from Gorilla, um, or the Mongo position is now known. Yes. And he's just so angry. And like Renee's trying to interview him, and then like Wheeler walks past, and he's like, he's, he's got a, he's basically got a problem with everyone, hasn't he? He's just an angry man. Wheeler's just got a fucking chip on his shoulder. Is <laughs> <laughs> the way Daniel's single, like Claudia's like, whoa, 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 it's his birthday. He's won a match. 
I've just been the Ring of Honor champion. Let's be happy. And yeah. <laughs> Danielson goes, oh yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> So yeah, so they and the, the the sort of takeaway from all this is Claudio's like, right, let's go and have a proper sit down and we'll talk this out. We'll find a we'll find a room. We'll have a proper meeting. We'll talk about it like adults, and off they go. And I'm sure that's not going to have any repercussions for later. You know what? I, I hope this leads to Danielson and Yuta just having a fucking banger at full gear. Yeah, just a fucking blood war. Be great. Just the fuck out of one another at full gear. Uh, next up then we've got that awesome teaser video so this is presumably it's, uh, I don't, we don't quite know what direction it's heading in so it's basically the elite so Kenny in the books a load of clips of their matches and of them like winning titles but every now every yeah, time it wasn't even just that it was like the, the first press conference the one where they announced yeah. Kenny oh man it so was it was sick. all these moments from AEW's history featuring Kenny in the books but they were being like erased out of them almost it was like kind of like being Thanos snap but it was also a bit like Back to the Future where they sort of just like ceased to exist and just sort of faded out the photo CM Punk return inbound um, and then it ended with the AEW logo and like the E of the AEW logo just disappeared first and then the whole logo just sort of bit, like crumbled into like ash yeah Um. now obviously everyone's gonna Say that's the elite, and it probably is. Um, almost it, it was almost as if like they were kind of saying, wasn't it? There's no AEW without the elite, yeah. You were doing it. I'd like it to go a different direction. It's not CM Punk, no, he's gone um, now. Obviously, Adam Cole doesn't have the undisputed elite anymore because you know, Fish has gone off doing whatever he's fucking doing. Kyle's like super injured. Kyle's fucked for a while but his other faction that he was a part of the kingdom have just debuted they, they are literally just there what if what and, if... and the music they came out to was Adam Cole's Ring of Honor music right okay so theories here this is like you know so what if it's setting up the kingdom versus the elite because to my knowledge I don't think we ever got that actual like match Oh, nice. Okay. So it's all right. It's all right. Like an ROH dream match. They could do it. A final battle. Yeah. Well, speaking of ROH, uh, next up then, we had a Chris Jericho promo. We're back in We're back in old school AW. We're in Daly's place. You can't hear shit backstage. Because <laughs> 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 the, the sound's going all over the place. But basically, Jericho's issuing an open challenge to any Ring of Honor champion, not just a world champion. That'll be interesting, will Tony Deppin intensifies. Oh, I'd love it if it's Tony Depp. Or have sort of Tracy Williams as well. Yeah. That would be nice. Uh, who do you think it's going to be? Maybe like Christopher Daniels or something, probably. I don't know. I don't know why I've got a funny feeling it might be Homicide. Yeah, he's he just been around us. Uh, he's just, he just been in um, New Japan Strong. Well, they're in Brooklyn next week as well, I think. Oh, right, okay. Well, aren't they in Baltimore? In Baltimore. Oh, no, they are in Baltimore. Right? I mean, that's a far yeah. from New York. It's fine. Why was I thinking even Brooklyn? It's poking of the Beamers. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, either, next... either way, um, Homicide's the one that kind of sticks out. Yeah, to me. I think that's a good shout, to be fair. Um, and I'd like to see it as well. I'd like to see Jericho get a cock killer, which would be hilarious for a number of reasons. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, then, we've got Swerve in Our Glory defeated FTR in a banger of a tag team match. Like, Jesus Christ, this had no right to go this hard. Like, eh, anyone who Doubts that FTR are the best tag team in the world. Need the fucking head check on them, yeah. After the, like, 
after after the matches they've had this year with a variety of different opponents. Yeah, the the, the quality of the matches they've had with, like you say, the different like styles they've worked. Like to, to go from like the Briscoes to Aussie Open to Swerve in Our Glory. You know, they're they're gonna have they're gonna they're gonna annihilate. They're gonna fucking crucify the Gun Club at full gear. They've got um they've got a match against their Dragon Lee and Drillistico and Triple A as well coming up. Yeah, and then uh, they have that three-way match with uh, Great O'Connor and Jeff Cobb and um, Rapongi Vice as well at Forbidden Door, which was insane. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just it's just ridiculous. Uh, also, the Ass Boys are there. They're dressed as FTR because it's nearly Halloween. Yeah, well, they've been doing it for a couple of weeks, haven't they? Um, yeah, but they were just they were just even more obnoxious about it today, which was which was great. And they actually play into the finish. They actually hold Cash down so he can't get in the ring to to help yeah. Dax. And sneaky swerve low blows Uncle Dax as well. Yeah, Swerve and like Swerve's just like going full dickhead supernova at this point, isn't he? Yeah, um there was some really cool spots. There was that that uh, obviously the big rig Keith Lee, which was fucking yeah, that looked that looked horrifying. Um and he did the um the suplex splash thing as well, which I can't remember the name of. Yeah. Uh, on Keith. Uh Swerve was just being a bastard. Swerve getting more and more unhinged is really good. Um, yeah. I'm enjoying this a lot. You get the feeling Swerve's just like getting to the end of his rope now. I think I don't know if it's like desperation, like he's like he's trying hard, like to keep winning so that Keith, like him and Keith, can stay together, or whether he's just showing his true colours and being an absolute prick. You know, it's it's just great to see, isn't it? Spooky season, mate. Uh, speaking of spooky season, next up we've got Soraya. Uh, she's getting interviewed by Renee. Um, Brit interrupts her. They start having like a fight, and and Renee's just like full mode. She's like, "Look, fucking sort it out, and we'll we'll have a sit down next week." Yeah, Renee. Renee's brilliant in this role. Like she did it with her Danielson, like you from that way. She's like, "Guys, guys, what, what?" what the yeah, hell? she's like, "Calm uh, the fuck she, down." She did it as well on um, Rampage, but I can't remember what exactly it was. No, but she did do that as well. And mm. um, yeah. It was, Really good. Yep. Next up, then, um, MGF comes out on the stage, and, and again, Renee interviewing him. Renee just, and this was really cool because I, I didn't realize I forgot this until like sort of thirty seconds into the promo when um, MGF starts to hot mocks and doing his mock impression. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, that's her husband. Yeah. So there's layers. <laughs> there's layers on this now because like MGF starts doing it. MGF is like a really bang up mocks impression. It's really good. And then Stokely yeah. comes out, and Stokely's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, we're gonna beat Moxley up, mate. Don't worry about it." And MGF's like, "No, seriously, mate. I've told you, don't do it." Yeah, um, yeah. It's um, this was interesting because there was talk that like they were gonna lean more into like just the kind of embrace that MGF's a face, which no, thank you. I um, think I, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to the end of the episode. But I think there's, I think this is all a plan. I think this is all, this is all staged. I also do. Uh, but it's certainly intriguing. Right next up, then um, Brian Danielson defeated Sammy Guevara. Really fun match. Uh, good to see. Uh, anytime you see Sammy get his fucking head checked, is hilarious and really good I was fun. Gonna say, by way of murder, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sammy just dies in a triangle choke, basically, which is yeah, lovely. You see Ty's concerned face on the outside. Yeah, yeah. Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson, bangers on TV. It's just a, good, a great thing to happen. Isn't it? You just you just love to see it. Yeah, yeah. This this was a fun match. Uh, they had really like they had really good chemistry. Like I think Sammy's he, he's really good at like just having good matches with anyone. Like think about Sammy. He's like inarguably a bit of a dickhead. Like 
mm. for realsies. But like you can't you can't knock the results, can you? Like you know. Mm. But like he he's a uh, as I say he, he's he's very he's very good at having good matches with everyone. But it's also like it also usually has to like kind of sort of lean more into his style. Whereas this didn't. This was very much like. It's just just Brian Danielson beating the piss out of him, basically. Yeah, Sammy getting murdered by Brian Danielson and just doing flippy things every now and again. Yeah. Next up then, we had a little backstage promo for the All-Atlantic title. So was this... Was it Phoenix to start with? Phoenix was saying he wants to... He he wants a shot, and then Luchasaurus comes up with Christian, and Christian's like, no, 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 my boy, he wants a title. And then Orange just walked in and was like, yo, you're talking about this. Let's do it next week. Yeah. So I re- so one thing I really like about this, and uh, I didn't realize until someone pointed out to me, it makes sense for Orange Cassidy to defend the belt in three-way matches because he doesn't have to do as much wrestling in a three-way match. Yeah. He can just like he did in the last match, he can just stand there and let the other two guys fight for a bit and then just get involved. Mm. Which really fits the character. Well, on the graphic, um, it's got Orange with like a US flag, Phoenix with a Mexican flag, and then... Luchasaurus doesn't have a flag because he's a dinosaur. Yeah, he's, he's a legitimate dinosaur. He's from, he's from all over the place and everywhere and like yeah. millions of years ago. I mean, uh, most of them were in Argentina. They should probably put an Argentinian flag on. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the one they found in like Slough or something, the one in the UK that was a bit shit. Um, oh, didn't he find one like Dover? Something like that, yeah. Uh, next up then, uh, Jamie Hayter defeated Riho. Great match. Um, Jamie Hayter goes... Oh, Power, power, like that move where Jamie Hayter went for the choke bomb. I should like grab Rio, like off the floor, lift her up the choker, and Rio just like dived over and hit a code red. It was phenomenal. Yeah, that was so fucking slick. This and... is a really good matchup because like Rio's really fast and tricky, and she can like jump around a lot. And then Jamie Hayter can just fucking lash her everywhere, which is yeah. I feel like both women in this match really kind of like shone. So Jamie looked like a million bucks, Rio looked awesome because she got to like do like lots of kind of lots of real things like diving to the outside and stuff like that and then as we said Jamie just meds over the clothesline yeah absolutely kills with a rainmaker at the end to pick up the win and then Thunder Rosa not Thunder Rosa Tony Storm comes out and is like yo title do you want it and Jamie's like hell yeah and we're gonna do that again because yes please yeah do you think Brit's gonna cost Jamie And then we can get Brit versus Jamie. Possibly. Gear. We'll see. We'll see. Or that, then again, no, we're definitely getting Brit versus Soraya a full year on. Yeah. Next up then, Eddie King's interview. Um, Renee's asking him about like, and he's just like, yo, I just want to watch the main event. And, like, your, your boy, your, your man's in the main event. I just want to watch it. And like, his facial expression throughout this whole interview was phenomenal. Yeah, and just like smiling angrily. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, there's not, there's, there's no problem. It's fine. Don't worry about it." And he's, he's like, yeah, "It's like he's got crazy eyes." Basically, I said to you, didn't I? I said he's gone through like the entire emotions of like a large weekend in like thirty seconds. Yeah, you know, it's it's my it's my boy Max. It's my best friend Penta. <laughs> so yeah, uh, really really fun um, interview. Eddie again just kills kills it on the mic all the time. His facial, like I said, his facial expressions, but but incredible. Uh, next up, we had a little quick derby video. Basically, said, "Oh yeah, the reason Sting's not around is because well, one that they don't want him to get injured before his match with Muta. Presumably, he's been put in a box to sort of keep him safe for that. Uh, that's probably the real reason. But he basically said, "Oh yeah, I didn't want. I want to do. I want to prove that I can do this by myself. So I've stopped told Sting not to hang around for a bit. I'm just gonna yeah." Yeah, I, I I feel like this is the right thing to do. I feel like Darby was kind of like 
oh, not overshadowed by Sting, but you know, it was very. It was, was just, it, it was very much Sting and Darby, wasn't it? We're now need to get back to like, all right, we need to show, we need to remind you more why Darby's a badass, like, and we need to get him back on the because it was always like, oh, Sting comes in and helps him out when he's getting like the numbers game against him. He needs to be like, oh no, Darby just like sorts himself out there and like does it himself, like to prove yeah. that he's, he's he can. Uh, yeah, and then finally, um, Mox versus Penta. Mox gets the win, obviously, uh, in the in the main event for the title. Stupendous match, like. Again, we always say this, don't you? Forget how good Penta is because he's always next to Phoenix, and like Phoenix is the fl- the flashy guy. But Penta is a phenomenal wrestler. Yeah, it's weird though. Like Penta's like I don't want to say mid in AW, but he definitely feels like he gets lost in the shuffle. But obviously, that's because Blue Bros are a tag team as well, and they do focus a lot more on that. But every time we get a single Penta match, like it's just it's just a banger, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's great. I even watched. I watched the uh, Mask vs. Mask match he had with Viano 4 because it's on um, Triple A put it on like YouTube like a week after the show. Oh man, I'm going to check that. I, looked, I, saw the, I saw the aftermath of that match and it looked horrendous. The the finish was horrific. <laughs> like, Penta didn't do any of his normal moves. He just like ran and PK'd him in the fucking face. <laughs> Jesus. But like really hard and then like did like an arm break and that was it. Yeah. Fair. Um, yeah, this match was great. Uh, Mox wins it with he's like a paradigm shift, then a death rider, like straight afterwards. Yeah, um, I like the fact as well. Mox and Penzer have had two matches now, and both have been like very different. Like the first one was like it was not long after Mox had debuted in AEW, and he won by just like unmasking Penzer and just paradigm shifting him. Yeah. Um, whereas this one, like obviously, he just he just tried to kill him. Yeah, pretty much. So after the match, the firm come out. They beat Mox down. Um, they beat and, and, and like MJF comes. So MJF comes out and he's like, "Yeah, you." He, he's like, he's sort of like conflicted. He's sort of like going to the back, walking back out, going to the back, walking back out, and then he runs down to the ring, gets in the ring, tells Stoker that he's fired, and then the firm turn on MJF and beat him down, put him, uh, gives him the ego. Ethan gives him the ego's edge, etc. Uh, so just before quickly, we're going to have to be wrong. So we're running out of time. Uh. We said to it before. I am 100% convinced this is an Aces Nate situation. This is MGF's getting beaten up. So that, no, yeah, so that no one thinks it's him. So that, you know, when it's all going to turn out. We said this, didn't we? Pretty much like as yeah. soon as it happened. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. Because he didn't actually hit any of like the firm. No, but he did get made by all of them. Yeah. But that's fine. You'll take it. Um, so yeah, really fun dynamite. Um, yeah, great, great matches all the way through. Basically, they're all phenomenal. Anyway, we're going to fly through Rampage. We are drastically run out of time. We need to do a little bit about uh, Extreme Fields before we finish. Yeah. Uh, so we start with Mox versus Matt Menard in an elimination challenge. A really fun match again. Angelo Parker being a prick on the outside, but Mox is just too murder. Mox just yeah just kills Daddy Magic, doesn't he? Yeah, he, uh, he, he does get how hard his nipples are. He's still going to murder him. Yeah, and then post-match, Moriarty comes up, challenges Mox. <laughs> Moriarty wants to fucking die. Oh, I think that match is going to be low-key. Absolute banger. Yes. Um, yeah, you then got uh, Keith Lee murdering Serpentico in oh, 12 he just, seconds. Yeah, he just fucking explodes him. He just he just literally, like, as Serpentico walks up to and hips him with a spirit bomb and kills him. Uh, the Acclaim come out, and they, they were kind of before the match, weren't they? Like, we don't know where daddy ass is. Um, and someone said, oh, he had a family emergency. And they were like, well, where is family now? He's not. Um, 
He's not talking to his kids, so it won't be that. Yeah, it goes on the screen and Swerve's got daddy ass tied to a chair, gets a pair of pliers and snaps his fingers, so he's not going to be... Swerve going, like, full kill shot. Swerve's going full fucking absolute... Like, I think Swerve's so good as a scumbag, like, He's he's got like that, like mannerisms down. Do you know what? Do you know what it was like? It felt like, uh, and it was like the closest to it was like that bit in the Dark Knight where the Joker's like killing people, like with videoing it. Yeah, and he he did that. It had that level of like fear and like you know. Yeah, like he did say it was spooky season as well. Yeah, yeah. So Swerve is a terrible human being. He, he basically implied that he was breaking Daddy Ass's fingers so he couldn't scissor anyone. Yeah, and the acclaimed one to the try and find Daddy Ass. Keith looks really upset about it. Yeah, and it's his, it's it's his birthday this week. It's the Daddy Ass birthday celebration. It is, and he's not going to even be allowed to scissors, boys. It's terrible. Yeah. 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 Uh, Next up, then we had Ty Mello taking on Madison Rain. Ty picks up the win. Fairly fun match. I felt it was probably Madison one of Madison Rain's best matches in AW. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was fine. It was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, Ty wins. Happy days. We all get to go home happy. Yeah. Um, Got an announcement for the Eliminator tournament, which is it winter is coming that they'll get a shot? Yeah, so it, the final is at full gear and then the shot is at winter is coming. Mm. And it's uh, Ethan Page and Dante Martin are both in the tournament. Yes, Ethan Page putting himself in there. I think this might be a really big push for him. Mm-hmm. I, think um, he, I think out of all of the firm, he's the first person who's going to get like propelled forward. I could see them doing... If, if the MJF thing isn't like a bait and switch... Which well as uh, I could see them doing Ethan Page versus MJF. That would like, be, I mean, actually the promos there, that would be great. Yeah, Ethan Page is phenomenal. Um, and in the main event, we got Wardlow defeating Matt Taven. Now I know you're not high on Matt Taven, but this match was really fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I, he's, he's a fine wrestler. I just think he's a bit. There, there's a lot of people who do stuff better than him. Yeah, that he does. Well, this, ma- this, ma- this match was great in a lot of ways. There was like I loved, I loved um, the, the canalysis on the outside, just being shit houses. Mm. Yeah, Matt Taven did fine. He was, he was doing all like he was like he started out like really hot and like nothing was working, and he was like getting dead exasperated and scared and running away. And Wardlow was just like just like following around like a like a lion playing with its food, basically. Yeah, and also, um, as, as I said earlier, they did come out to Adam Cole's. Ring of Honor music. Yes, so let's put that in your conspiracy theory um, folder. Makes me think that we're getting Adam Cole rejoining the kingdom. So yeah, after the match, obviously Wardlow wins with like four or five power bombs. He was like basically just standing over Matt Taven's corpse at that point. One of them was really good as well. The way he did it, like I'm trying. Did either Taven try to roll out or like he tried to like trip Wardlow? And Wardlow, like in one move, just kind of like flipped them around the power bomb. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Um, and then they had a big beat down at the end. So Samoa Joe comes out and sort of evens up the odds, and they have a big brawl to go off the air, basically, which was yeah. Fun. The embassy comes down, and the thing which I'm really excited oh, about. Oh yes, your boy. I've been fucking saying this for ages. Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs. So it it ends with um, Brian Cage holding the TV championship and Hobbs holding the TNT title. Yeah, I think it's basically just setting up um, something for full gear for Hobbs and um, Wardlow and obviously Cage and, like Joe. Cage and Joe with final battle will be pretty fun much. Yeah, a lot of people sort of con- a little concerned like, oh shit, is Hobbs joined the embassy? You know, he just got out of the team Taz. Hobbs bought on Twitter like, no, he ain't fucking joining no one. 
no, Hobbs just Hobbs just like the fucking Babadook just coming through the forbidden doors. <laughs> just come out to just murder someone. So yeah, I mean, I would oh, I would love to put the belt on Hobbs. I would fucking love that. I I think he should be the guy to the throne Wardlow. I, I love Wardlow. I think his title one's been a little bit underwhelming. And that's that. partly down to the fact that they've just threw him in a tag team with Samoa Joe. Partly down to the fact that, obviously, it was a bit stop-start. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not had any bad matches as champion. No, no. They've all been fun. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I could put on Hobbs. Do, do the right thing, Tony. Come on. I think I think Hobbs, that'll really elevate him. Plus heel, you know, heel to heel champions are just better, aren't they? You know, there's only so much you can do with a face champion. Yeah, make make Hobbs the longest reigning. Yeah, and then, let, let him break Co- Cody's record. That's what Cody would want. Yeah, and then have him a have him a mirror, have like a mirror the feud for a bit. Yeah, uh, right then, that'll wrap us up for AW. Uh, we're gonna have one last quick break on Jax again. If you're not listening on Jax, get on it. We're gonna have some Hall and Oates, and as a special treat, I found a, a basically it's a version of Toxic by Britney Spears, but it's set to the music of Change by Deftones. And it's phenomenal. Uh, it's it's my special tr- it's my special little Halloween trick or treat for you. So do enjoy that. I'll be back in a few minutes to talk about TNT Extreme Fields. Okay, uh, we're back to the final part of the show. We've got about ten minutes. We're going to rattle through, so we're not going to try and review Extreme Fields. We might do that on, on its own podcast if we get a chance. Um, what we'll do because it was like sixteen matches. I just want you to talk about just without any sort of form, just the things that you really enjoyed from the show. So you name one, I'll name one, and we'll just go back and forth for a few minutes and sort of see where we end up. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm gonna say my favorite match of the night was probably the fatal four-way that North Wrestling did. Oh, nice. So that was Leon Slater. Leon, Leon Slater, Slater, Leon Slater. Leon Slater and Jack Bandicoot. Yeah. Uh, and it was just a really nice mishmash of styles. So, like, you've got Will Cruz, who's just, like, a huge hoss. Um, you've got Leon Slater and Jack Bandicoot, who are both high flyers. And then you've got Liam Slater, who's, like, a technical wrestler. Um, really complemented each other well. There was some really cool high spots. There was some really... Cool moments. Uh, Liam Slater picks up the win. Um, and after the match, they got um, uh, Andrew Bowers, who's one of the um, owners of North, in the ring to kind of like celebrate with all of them and hold out. It was like a really nice showcase. Uh, we do have an interview with those guys uh, that we did at the show as well. Oh, nice. Up. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I'll say my favorite match of the night, which is I didn't see it coming and I really enjoyed it. It was. Bronco Brendan White versus Harrison Bennett. This was a banger. Because these guys just beat the shite out of each other. Like, like they left everything out there. It was I've seen Bronco Brendan White before. He's part of Greedy Souls. I've seen him tag with Danny Jones. He's phenomenal. But I didn't know he had these chops as a singles guy. And Harrison Bennett was great as well. This was for Pro Wrestling Chaos, which is um, Mark Andrews and Wild Boar's promotion down in Bristol. Flashman Webster, sorry, and Wild Boar's promotion from like sort of down south, uh, like Bristol, South Wales, Cardiff sort of area, isn't it? They, they mm-hmm. sort of run out of. Um, yeah, this was phenomenal. I mean, they just, like I said, they just beat the shite out of each other. Loads of really hot, stiff moves, big near finishes, um, like big old slamming meaty men, slapping meat and everything. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was a really fun match. Uh, apparently, I've not seen it yet. I don't know if it's on Pro Wrestling TV, but uh, on TNT, Reign of Fire, Bronco had a match with Driller. Yes, I want to see that. I, I really want to see. Um, you know what else was awesome? Um, 
Alexis Falcon coming out dressed as a little mermaid to Under the Sea. To the actual uh, Disney version, not like a cover, the actual OG the version actual of Under the Sea. The crowd went nuts. Everyone was singing along. It was great. Yeah, Alexis is awesome. Um, yeah, match with Millie McKenzie was great as well. We all thought they were going to put the belt on Millie, but Alexis won. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolute banger. Um, really good chemistry between the two of them. Uh, and Alexis's um, title reign continues. Yeah, who's going to take down the Iron Queen? You know, who knows? Uh, I need to talk very briefly about the Rumble, which is probably my favorite, the most fun match of the night. But not necessarily my favorite, but the most fun. So this had lots of fun bits in it. Uh, Rampage coming out. So first of all, it was the um, the sort of easy alliance between Chase uh, Chase Alexander and Tate Mathers, and then they were sort of like doing like running the running the, the card, and then Rampage came out and just murdered them, um, which was great. We got so many hosses. So you had MVK, Casey Payne, Rampage, Bullet, all in the ring at the same time. Brenda White as well. Brenda White came out as well. Yeah, it was. It was. I feel like there was somebody else who was a hospital. I can't remember who it was. Jimmy, ja- Jimmy Jackson, mate. Jimmy Jackson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and Jira Adams as well. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, she, out, uh, came out and came out because someone dropped everyone, which was great. Yeah, she was just throwing people around. It was awesome. She and, was um, so- and Rampage won. So Rampage v Driller. Yes, please. Yeah, that's going to be. But the pop as well, like when people realized it was Rampage. Yeah, like so. So it was as soon as we heard "I will be heard," we knew exactly who it was. As soon as the music hit, like half the crowd went fucking nuts. It was great. Yeah, I, I love, um, I, I love, I love Rampage coming out to "I will be heard." From like, it was one thing that when he was in WWE, I really like missed. I was like, oh, yeah. And another quick that. talking point uh, at the end of the women's tag match, uh, the She Wolves beat the Liverbirds because of a bit of confusion. Uh, the Liverbirds yeah. broke up. Angel Hayes has had enough and just death Lizzie ever. Yeah, Lizzie was fuming and sort of turned face, sort of didn't. Mm, I, don't know gonna be, I don't know who's going to shake out as the face in that one, but we'll see. Yeah, because Lizzie hates everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Bullet as well. He was he was in the Rumble. He had a really good match with Danny Proper. Basically, Danny came out and dressed as a sexy cat, and Bullet just fucked him up. And then we had a chat with him afterwards. Uh, did a quick interview, and he was just the nicest man. Really nice fellow. Really interesting guy. We're gonna probably. Get him for a longer interview at some point because we reckon we could probably talk with him for hours. Yeah, um, uh, Isaac North came back. He debuted a new sort of oh stable boy. Um, did a murder on Big Guns Joe after Big Guns Joe had beaten Chase Alexander. Uh, he came out with like a guy who looked a bit like Charlie Hunnam, but I'm not sure who he was. Um, but he just killed Big Guns Joe like repeatedly, which was great. Yeah, um, we've got to talk about uh, Lance Rivera versus Harley Hudson as well. Oh, that was a, that was a beautiful match. Uh, so. so- uh, Harley Hudson's tag partner came out to try and get her to use the belt to cheat and there was a bit of sort of miscommunication there like Lance hit the super kick um, yeah which was great again we got a really nice interview with Lance afterwards he gave me a big hug which was lovely um, top lad Lance love him like, Wrestle Island again check out Wrestle Island they're, they're phenomenal yeah um, yeah I really enjoyed that match it was so fun I'm not because um, he's a friend of the podcast I'm not even going to mention Tate Mayfair's getting kicked in the dick twice in one night well, by other friend of the podcast, Scotty Rock, we interviewed yeah. both at a extreme fields. Um, you got dick yeah. kicked in the rumble as well. He did. He got dick kicked by Rampage in the rumble. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and would be remiss without mentioning about James Greenwood defeating Charles Crowley after uh, Alexis Falcon distracted Crowley. Uh, after the match, there was a really good promo with a. Uh, Crowley and Alexis. Um, 
Crowley was just a horrible piece of shit. Um, starts calling Alexis a dog, and then Alexis just lamped him and challenged him to a dog collar match at Cold Day in Hell. So, yeah, the audacity. Was... The, the audacity. Oh god, that's gonna be so good. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. That was, awesome. It was awesome. Hopefully, we'll, we'll try and find a time, even if it's just half an hour, to do a quick, like, slightly more detailed breakdown of it because it was such a massive card. There were so many matches. Mm. Uh, we are desperately out of time, so we're going to have to wrap it up there. But if you know, if, please do check it out when it pops up online. We're going to put those interviews up as well on our YouTube channel, so do check those out. Um, yeah, and thank you very much for TNT for, for letting us go down and interview everyone as well. That was uh, that was super cool. They let us give us that access. That was really really fun. Uh, so yes, yeah, yeah. so that's going to wrap us up for this week, then, Jay. Um, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for joining us. And as always, enjoy wrestling, stay safe, and we'll see you all real soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen. 